Good afternoon. This is Donna Watson with my Legacy Experience podcast. The Legacy Experience is committed to bringing information regarding all things estate planning to the underserved, marginalized, and disenfranchised communities, but really to everyone. Our goal is to equip you to leave a financial legacy, not only for your family, but for your friends and for your community. And today we are going to have a deep dive discussion into life insurance. And I'm so delighted to have Etta McKenzie as my guest today. Etta has been a champion for the community all of her adult life. As a business owner and entrepreneur, she has owned and operated a thriving state farm insurance agency in the Kansas City area for many years. Etta has a 30-year career in insurance and is a member of the Life Underwriters Training Council. She is married to her wonderful husband, Ken, and she's the mother of two very successful and thriving young adults. She attributes her success in life to her family and a strong generational foundation. So see, that legacy is what has made her who she is. Her faith in God is primary, along with a positive attitude and sheer determination. And interesting enough, I met Etta many years ago. She was my mom's agent. And so our family has been a client of hers for many years. And then fast forward about 20 years ago, 15 years ago, my sister married her son. (laughs) So then she really became family. So I'm just delighted. I couldn't think of anyone else that I wanted on the podcast to talk about life insurance, but Etta McKenzie. So Etta, and I always call her Miss Etta. So you might get into that. (laughs) But Etta, thank you so much. And welcome to my Legacy Experience podcast. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to be here, Donna. This is truly an honor and a pleasure that I've even been asked to participate. So glad to be with you today. Great, great. So I just want to begin our discussion about life insurance with talking about the purpose of life insurance. I know a lot of people question, why do I need life insurance? If I'm dead, what do I care (laughs) about? what happens. And so what is really the purpose of obtaining life insurance? Sure. And I kind of chuckle because I can't tell you how many times I've heard that and throughout my career, if I'm dead, what does it matter? You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it matters a lot because we live in a world that's driven by finances and the circumstance that surrounds your family in the event of a death could be very tragic. Some of the purposes, of course, the main one that everybody knows is the burial. It costs a lot to bury a loved one these days. And even if you decide to cremate, it's now getting as expensive as the so-called normal or typical burial. But that's one of the primary reasons why people purchase life insurance. And then income replacement. You know, if you've got a husband and a wife situation and one of the spouse should pass and that certainly ends their ability to bring in an income in most cases. But then there's also a third one that a lot of people have used over the years that folks in certain communities don't think about, and that's building a legacy. And building that legacy can certainly be done very well with life insurance. Absolutely. And so I think we need to just embrace the concept of life insurance. These investment tool, income replacement, 
uh, burial fund may not be something that we've been familiar with, but it does sound like it's an option when we're trying to build a legacy. So let's talk about the terms associated with life insurance. So we've heard whole life insurance and term life insurance. Can you explain the difference between those two types? And why would someone prefer one product over another? Sure, I'll be glad to. Basically, I'll give you my spiel that I've used for 30 plus years. Whole life insurance, which can come in several different variations, but the fact is it's still whole life insurance. And then term insurance, they are all still life insurance, but they perform differently. The spiel that I use is if you consider a term insurance like renting an apartment, Basically, you rent the apartment and you have a roof over your head. You have four walls for protection. And usually it's a little bit cheaper to rent an apartment than it is to purchase a home. So I liken that to term insurance. You have coverage. Generally, it's temporary coverage and it's usually very inexpensive. Whereas whole life insurance is like buying a house. Usually when you buy a home, you pay a little bit more money for the home, but you also build up equity in the home. It's usually for some people, it stays your home, provides you that protection for life in some cases. Whole life insurance works the same way. Basically, once you purchase it, it provides coverage for life, or at least as long as you continue to pay the premium. And it also builds up what we call cash value, which are benefits within the policy that we'll talk about a little bit later that could be utilized throughout your life. Very good. I love that analogy. I think that makes it more clear because the terminology I find can be intimidating. And I think people don't understand that the term life insurance, there's no additional value in that. It's just that coverage for whatever that period of time is. And I often find that people are confused and don't know which one would best suit them. So let's talk about why someone would invest in a term life insurance policy as opposed to a whole life insurance policy. Absolutely. Most people will buy term just simply if their budget can't afford much in terms of the premium. I say a young college student or someone that's just graduating from college that's entering into the workforce, they don't have a lot of money. They got a lot of debt, but they don't have a lot of money, but they do have the need and the desire for life insurance. Term is an excellent way to go. You can usually buy an awful lot of face value, which is basically the coverage amount or the death benefit for just a little bit of pennies on the dollar. So starting out as a young family, not a lot of money within your budget. Also, in the event that you've got a major business expense. So say, for instance, you have just invested in a commercial property that's worth several thousands, if not millions of dollars, and you've taken out a loan to purchase that property. Oftentimes, the lender will require you to have life insurance to cover that debt. And of course, you want to be able to satisfy the term of that loan. So, but you want to do it as cheaply, as least expensive as you possibly can. 
so a term policy will certainly fit in that situation. A whole life policy, on the other hand, why would you want to spend more money for the same thing for life insurance? The beauty of a whole life, well, there's two real factors that most people look for when they buy a whole life policy. That is, will this policy or this premium last for the rest of my life? And am I getting any sort of return on the money that I spend for that premium? And generally, a whole life policy will satisfy both of those. If you purchase a policy at whatever age you happen to be at that moment, the beauty of in most policies, that policy will stay the same premium till the day you die. Now, of course, you know, you have to continue to make your payments and there's some other factors in there that could affect your having to consider putting more money in, but that's basically the way it's designed. And then also, as you're paying this premium, in most cases, you're earning interest on that premium. Your whole life policy is made up of two parts. It's made up of the face value of the policy, which we call the death benefit. And it's also made up of the account value or the cash value. So when you pay your premium, part of that money goes to pay the death benefit. And the other part is put over into the cash value. And it's that cash value that earns interest and accumulates over the years. Well, that's great. Great analogy and, and discussion about those two types of policies. What I am... I hear often is how much life insurance should someone have? What is the typical face value that is appropriate for an individual, perhaps, or someone with a family? Can we kind of discuss what recommendations you have or what you've seen over the years in terms of coverage? Sure. Generally, the rule of thumb in the industry that you hear from various sources and resources is that you want to have five to seven times your income in life insurance protection. So in other words, if something should happen and my spouse passes away or I should pass away, you want to make sure that your family has at least five to seven times worth of income so that they continue their same standard of living until things can be adjusted or something can be done differently. But Donna, I'll tell you the truth. When I talked to my customers, I said, look, five to seven times could be pretty daunting, I know. Let's at least get twice, two times your income. If we can just start there. Well, first of all, let me back up. Just get something. That's right. right. <laughs> That's right. Oh, something. If it doesn't meet your income, your full annual income for that year, something is better than nothing. Trust me, I've seen situations where people are considered so-called middle income, but they're in debt. And all of a sudden, a death occurs that nobody thought about, nobody planned for, of course, and they are left strapped with cash. Trust me, a $10,000 policy can go a long way when a situation like that should occur and you have nothing. Sure. But 
as the agent or any agent that your your viewers should talk with, they should make sure that they sit down and talk with you and ask, what are your circumstances? What are your needs? You may be that young couple with children that you plan to send to college. What happens if one of the wage earners suddenly dies just right as that child is going into college? A life insurance policy could help at least bridge that gap until some other things can be worked out. So you really need to talk with someone that has your interest at heart, that's going to ask you specific questions about your needs, and then you guys sit down and plan, you know, what's going to work best for you and your budget. Okay, so that's a good segue when we talk about the premiums associated with life insurance. What's the average cost of life insurance? Are we talking about like thousands of dollars a month? What do premiums look like? And I know that there's a range and it depends on a lot of factors, but I think it's more affordable than people would realize. And so let's discuss that a little bit. Well, insurance premiums are based on a couple of factors. Of course, the how much coverage or how much face amount you choose to purchase. But it's also based on your age. How old are you at the time you take out the policy? And this is why I tell people, get it while you're young. Because remember when I said earlier, generally, life insurance will stay the same price for the rest of your life if you buy a whole life. And even if you buy a term, generally you buy a term for a specified period of time. So a 10-year, 20-year, 30-year term is basically going to stay that same price throughout the term of that policy. And the younger you are, the cheaper you are. So uh, it's based on that, but it also could be based on your health. Insurability is the term we use. You have to be able to qualify for the policy. Now, don't let that scare you. If you've got illnesses, if you've got high blood pressure, heck, if you've got heart issues, uh, I like to tell my customers, we've seen a lot of advances with heart over these years, whereas many, many years ago, you may be disqualified if you had heart issues. Today, it's routine and it's no big deal. So don't ever think just because I have this or I have that, I don't qualify. And even at that, you may not qualify for what we consider the standard rate or preferred rate. But we could do what we call table rate you based on the level of concern or issues that may be developed, you know, from your doctor or from your medical record. But bottom line, you can still get a policy. So you want to go for it. Now, occasionally, there are those customers that just won't qualify for anything in the way of life insurance. And when that happens, then we start talking to that individual about annuities. An annuity is just a situation where you put money into an account and that money grows over the course of the years. You don't have to qualify for that. You just have to have money. That's right. So it sounds like there are options. Yes, several. Several options. So you talk about these insurance policies and the death benefits. So when someone is the beneficiary of a life insurance policy, Are those proceeds taxable to them? Oh, girl, no. (laughs) No, 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 no. 
They are not. Now, I will not say 100% in every situation and every circumstance because there's always caveats. But for the most part, for the normal clients, death proceeds are not taxable. It's one of the few methods of receiving income or wealth that is not taxable, then Uncle Sam is not asking for a share of those proceeds. So it's magnificent. Anything else, just about anything else, whether it be real estate, stocks, bonds, you name it, if that money passes down to a beneficiary or to an heir, they will have to pay taxes on that money to the government, but not through life insurance proceeds. It's a very very attractive method used by a lot of business professionals in particular and high net worth um, individuals as well. Absolutely. You see those key man life insurance policies as part of the benefit packages for executives. And it is a way of passing down wealth. So let's also talk about prepaid burial policies. So there are policies that are available that will take care of the burial expenses. And that is different from the death benefits that someone may receive from a life insurance policy. Let's talk a little bit about that option so that we can get away from GoFundMes on Facebook. Okay. (laughs) Yes, indeed. And if I may, and and I don't mean to offend anyone, but Again, over my many years of being in the business, I can't tell you how many times churches have had to take up collections to help a family through a time of need. Um, Chicken dinners, you know, being sold to raise money. I have several Hispanic customers and they've talked about, you know, we have taco dinners and we just communities. And that's the beauty of us being in America, particularly, we take care of one another for the most part. Mm -hmm. Uh, We have benevolent spirits. But if we can be prudent and take care of our own needs, uh, having life insurance and prepaid burial expenses are things that all of us should consider and make sure that we take a part of. I don't personally sell or get involved with prepaid burial. But when my dad passed away a year, a little over a year ago now, he and my mom had gone to the funeral home and purchased a prepaid burial policy, I don't know, 30 years ago and paid $20 here, $50 there until the thing was paid off. The beauty for them, and I'm, I'm not speaking as a professional, I'm speaking as a daughter who sat with her mom as we planned funeral services. I can't tell you how nice it was to have everything done. Mm -hmm. Everything was paid for. They chose to purchase the entire package. So we didn't have to worry about headstone or opening and closing. We didn't have anything to worry about. That was beautiful. Now, I have heard horror stories that what you bought 15, 20 years ago, now all of a sudden the funeral home doesn't remember or doesn't have the 
proper documentation to back up what you purchase. So I would recommend that whatever you do before you spend a dime, make sure you get everything in writing. Mm -hmm. Make sure it is signed by the director of the funeral home or someone in authority. And please, please, please keep it. Keep the document safe and make sure that your family knows where it is. Because my mom did have to pull out her paperwork and lay it out on the table. And when she did, had absolutely no problem for that. So I recommend if you are interested in that, it is certainly worth pursuing. I agree. My mother was a caretaker for my disabled aunt. And so we had a prepaid burial policy for her. And it was very convenient. And the circumstances were such that my mother and the person that she took care of died in the same week. So it became even more of a benefit to me kind of navigating through the administration of their estate and just coordinating all of their funeral arrangements to have that policy, to just present it. And all I had to do was like pick out the color in their outfit. So it was very, very helpful. This is just to let you know that there are options. We are not in any way saying one size fits all. We are in no way saying you must do this, but we want you to know that there are options. There are other ways to prepare for burial, prepare for death, and to share generational wealth aside from a savings account or an IRA. And let's talk a little bit more about those living benefits of life insurance. Well, and before we leave this topic, if you don't mind, just one other thing I'd like to add to that, Donna, and, you know, I was kind of with you during those days when you lost both your mom and your aunt, which is just unimaginable. But anyway, the thing that I want to make sure to point out is, yes, I do recommend looking into prepaid burial plans, but don't think that that's all you need because there's certainly need for life insurance yes along with that because when my dad passed and as I've experienced with several of my clients when the person passes particularly if there's been an extended illness there's all kind of bills mm-hmm. that will have to be paid as a result of that person's extended illness before he or she passes And that's certainly where life insurance can come into play and help take care of those expenses. I'm sorry, I just want to make sure to say that. No, absolutely. That was a great ad. So let's talk about the living benefits of life insurance. Yeah, living benefits, I tell you that they've saved my life many, many times over. Now, I am not promoting purchase life insurance in order to have a savings account. In order to be able to have, you know, money that you run back and forth to to pay your light bill, I'm not promoting that. However, the reality is there's a lot of people who do that. Talking about that whole life policy that builds up cash value, that earns interest, that money sits there while you are alive. And every time you make a payment, it grows more and more and more every month, every year. 
every decade, that money is growing. And it can get to be pretty substantial over the course of the years. Most life insurance companies have a couple of ways that you can take that money or access that money if need be. Now, we encourage you to leave it alone because as you get older, you know, I'm a big believer in multiple income streams, having whether, and I'm not just talking life insurance or insurance in general, in life, if you want to just make it from day to day, month to month, not to mention if you want to advance and grow, you have to have multiple streams of income coming in to help you satisfy that your lifestyle, if you will. But what the whole life insurance policy will do for you is say, for instance, you've got children that are getting ready to go to college. This happened to me. I have two kids, as I mentioned in my bio, and uh, they started going to college just right at the time as I was trying to build my business. Guess what? We didn't have a lot of money. (laughs) It was long from one paycheck to another paycheck. I tapped into my life insurance policy and thank God for it because I was able to take out a loan. And when I needed to buy books or pay a dorm fee, that money was there. Now, at that time, I didn't have a lot built up, but I had enough to take care of my immediate need at the time. So you can take a loan on your policy with the thought that you'll pay that loan back over time. But let's say you don't pay it back. What happens? What happens is that loan or that money you've taken out of a whole life policy is then deducted from the face value at death. And then your family would receive the difference. Now, that's the real down and dirty. There's a whole lot of caveats that go to that because not every policy allows you to be able to take out a loan on it. So you have to make sure you know the type of policy you're buying. Also, on the plus side, there are some policies that are designed that you don't have to pay that money back. So in other words, you could take that money and it won't affect your death benefits. So you just have to make sure you talk with your insurance professional, make sure you have a clear understanding of what you're buying. Because another downfall, if you take too much out and then the policy doesn't have enough in there to continue to grow and build as it's designed to do, then down the road, you may find that you'll have to start putting more money into it to keep it going. So it's a real risky situation, but if you know what you're doing, it could be a real asset at the time of need. It really sounds like it can be. And I think the conversation about having a pool of income available in case something should arise is worthwhile because we understand that. This is December, 2020. This year, we have experienced COVID. We've experienced a hit to our economy. People have lost their jobs or their hours have been reduced. We've seen probably the worst financial hit that I can recall in my lifetime. And so knowing that there are options available is comforting to 
me. I hope it's comforting to you as an audience. And it's important because what we want to do, we want to do more than just make it. We want to live well. And well is subjective. But well means we don't want to have to rob Peter to pay Paul. All the time. All the time. That shouldn't be your persistent uh, posture. And then the upside, too, is we want to live well so that my children and my children's children can also live well. And so we have had just a dynamic conversation about life insurance. I think it's an important part of this estate that you're building. It is vital that we explore all options in order to build wealth and to pass wealth down. Are there any final thoughts that you want to share with this audience? Because this has been great. I think just kind of keying in on some of the terminology, some of the benefits, the upsides, and maybe some of the risks associated with these products. But this conversation has been rich. Are there any final thoughts that you want to leave with this audience? Just two things. Again, as we said early on, have something. No matter how small it is, it whatever you can afford, get it and have it in place. The other thing, though, that I want your listeners to focus on, life insurance can be used as a tool, as you said, to build wealth. Don't just always look at it as a debt, as another bill, as a light bill. There's very few bills that you pay today that's going to turn around and give you or your family a check at the point in time of a disaster. So change your thinking of life insurance and utilize it for building uh, that wealth that Donna is trying to get you to do as far as your legacy is concerned. And thank you. I've enjoyed being with you today. Oh, I have absolutely enjoyed having you. And if you have additional questions, I'm going to put Etta's information in the show notes. But whether you use Etta, State Farm, use someone, talk to someone. If you have never considered life insurance, Make that a goal for your 2021. We're at the end of this year and we want to do some things differently going forward because there may be another pandemic down the road. There will be another emergency. We will say that. And so you want to be prepared and you want to have things in order. That's the whole purpose of this conversation. That's the purpose of my legacy experience. So Thank you so much. And I said, Etta, I was going to say Miss Etta. Thank you so much, Etta, for joining me today. And listeners, today is her birthday. And let me tell you how committed, how committed she was. She didn't even mention it. I'm looking for dates to schedule. And she's like, oh, yeah, Tuesday, 430. Let's do it. But I have my bone. So happy birthday, Miss Etta. And that just shows there are people that are passionate about you achieving your goals. They want to make sure that you are armed with information. And to me, that speaks volumes 
of the woman that you are, of the business owner that you are, and the partner that you are. So please check out her information in the show notes. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Donna Watson with Etta McKenzie, My Legacy Experience, all about life insurance. So thank you. Have a great day and be blessed.